It's September 6, 1999. We've been lost in the Black Hills Forest near Burkittsville, Maryland for four days. Kyle Sandin caught lupus and is severely dehydrated due to his steady liquid diet of monster energy drinks. I am the monster now, and it says I'm not dehydrated. And the sea lock ate a dead rancid crow about ten minutes into our excursion and quickly... (laughs) (laughs) And he quickly... (laughs) He quickly shit the only pair of pants he brought. My defense, you've never had my rancid crow recipe. Uh, In Brooks and Nickel, well, we can't find him. We found a severed toe with a signature Saturday night pinky toe ring, and uh, that, that's about it. Uh, hey, oh, man. I, I, I'm right here, guys, and that's not, not my pinky toe. Have you been there the whole time? Yeah, can I just get that pinky toe back, actually? That's <laughs> Is that the one you got in the Philippines? Toe or the toe <laughs> ring? Uh, I'm, I, for undisclosed reasons, I'm going to need both there, bud. <laughs> Oh, you are listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories, and Conspiracies podcast, and I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton. Tonight, we'll be talking about the new Blair Witch video game, which uh, launched (laughs) just last week. (laughs) She's a witch. (laughs) Is that good? That was a good good cackle. Played, bro. Yeah. And then, uh, so we'll be discussing that one. It hit Game Pass upon release. Um, so if you have that, you can play it without shelling out any additional money. And before we get there, we are going to dive into some news. And Brooks, your dear friends that you just love handing out all kinds I, of kind praise. I think I'd like to think it's Project Red. Beyond. Friendship? Oh, yeah? I think that's well, fair to say. What I would you could, call it? Uh, I, I would call it infatuation. Infatuation? Yeah. Are you guys sending each other snaps? Uh, it's a one-way picks. street, man. It's a one-way oh. street, honestly. Yeah, You're I'm fishing? Starting to, I'm starting to feel like a stalker. <laughs> yeah, CD Projekt Red's not... I think they're going to put me in the friend zone, and I just don't want to be there. Yeah, well, did you tell but, me you have uh, a five-inch tank? Uh, <laughs> you should leave. But yeah, thought, speaking of five-inch tanks, we're gonna go in deep on Cyberpunk tonight, boys and girls. <laughs> deep because not only have they talked about some multiplayer in the works, which we're not gonna go deep in on, but they gave us a deep dive themselves of some gameplay video. It's fucking incredible. It's it's fantastic. But we'll get this out of the way. Um, first and foremost, they did announce that they have. Uh, multiplayer in the R&D stage. Um, so their game plan, um, this is from Richard Wakeling uh, article. I can't remember who the article's from. Anyways, uh, but they are going to do their initial game release, and then they're going to do their, hold on, free DLC for their single player. And then when all of that's wrapped up they are going to be implementing a multiplayer mode we don't know anything about it yet um, but they have decided to to do that they're just going to do it after everything's been released for the single player um, which i think is is honestly fantastic because this is i think multiplayer in a game like this or or the witcher is an afterthought uh the sole focus should be this yeah. the single player narrative and that's what they're doing um and i'm excited 
Uh, oh, yeah. We'll be pretty excited to see some speculation on, on multiplayer, um, but I can't even begin to fathom what that would be like because I haven't got to play the game yet. It's not out. Uh, so, but this is one I w- I'm not going to lie to you, Brooks. I just didn't want to piss on your parade, but I was not very excited about this one. Like it was on my list, but it was pretty farther, pretty far down the list. Uh, but this, then I watched this 15 minute deep dive trailer, and it looks fucking incredible. Yeah, looks- absolutely. Uh, they they said in the beginning of the trailer, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they wanted to show uh, a little bit different gameplay than what they showed last time last year sure. the trailer um and so they they really went into a couple missions and i think they said they're about the middle of the game um and definitely go check the video out you can find it anywhere on youtube um but it's 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 cool they wanted to show different approaches that you could take uh to accomplish these missions and they wanted to show you a little bit more of what's going on um and so you go to a pretty cool little area that is, you know, they, they talk about in the narrative of the game, how it was a up and coming tourist place. And then it got shut down. A lot of people just abandoned it because of, you know, crime and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff's half built, half finished. Um, and it's really neat. They, they go very far into the upgrades. Um, and they have established that there's not a direct, any direct like skill trees. Uh, there's, or I'm sorry, there's no direct classes. So you can build all across the skill board and customize it to what you want it to be. Um, So they showed two instances of ways to approach something. And what was really neat is none of it was like, oh, you could go this way and do this or come in from here and do this. It was just like, hey, here's two completely different builds for a character. One of them is heavily combat oriented, lots of melee upgrades, um, you know, weapons, combat and stuff. And you're just running through and just, I mean, fucking people up you know you're you're cracking open doors just because you can pull them open because you're strong enough um so you you know the character reaches in the crack between these two metal sliding doors and starts to pull it apart and then her mechanical arms flare out and these pistons like kick in and you pull it open the rest of the way and then they show you the other side of that where you can acquire you know more net running upgrades and go in and just hack everything and everything is connected to the network in the game. Is there, a, is there an enhancement slider in this one too? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I have to dig. I have to dive deep on that one. Yeah, you'll have to Research do a real it. deep dive. Oh, It'll uh, dive okay. deep on you, sir. Oh no! <laughs> oh, wow. You can go in, and, and everything's connected to the network. So you can hack vending machines or signs or training dummy robots or the weightlifting equipment that they're using. And, and you can, you know, you can go in and kill everybody, not just complete the mission, but you can go in under a stealth like hack build and kill everybody in there without really having to get your hands that dirty. And so it's just, it it was very, very neat. It looked um, incredible. It looked like the gameplay would be incredible. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. It looked it it looked awesome, dude. Yeah, that that looked like that part interested me. That it's not you know it's not a direct class build. Like you don't pick at the beginning whether you're going to be a brute or whatever the hell you know. And so that looks good because some there's going to be yeah. some times where I don't want to just do one or the other. You know, I'll probably be a more heavy melee uh, 
solo type of solo build. They kept calling it for like the combat focus type of shit. But there's going to be some times where it's going to be super convenient to just snickle around like a little sneak snake and to be able to do either of those to whatever degree that you want to build your character to uh, seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And it looked like they they were going to take that same fluidity and apply it to how you aligned yourself with different groups within the game. They talked about playing those different groups against each other. And maybe, you know, you was it the I'm not not going to remember the names of all these groups because it's been a bit since I watched this. But there's like the punks or whatever type group of people and the we're connected to the network. You might have even said their name a second ago, but, you know. I, I can't remember their names, but there were the, but, the Haitians as well. And, yeah, so you might might be big fans of them at the beginning, but then you start hanging around the the corporate dudes, and you're like, you know, this lavish lifestyle is pretty baller, even though it's corrupt and shitty and all these kinds of different things that they might be doing, but then you can totally betray the group you've been working with this whole time or kind of leveraging against Well, and I'm not... Sure. And I'm not really very versed on the lore of cyberpunk, but I do, I have watched some YouTube videos and I know like one of the biggest things is that you're, there are these net runners and they pretty much can go into the network and they can delete stuff or, you know, find information and, and, and all this jazz out there um, and be hired out to do things for companies and corporations um, but the inter- internet for them is, is or the network is kind of like the Wild West. And so there are these, you know, security companies that may come after you. There are, you know, different government organizations that when you, when you hack into the network, if you're found inside of that network, you're, you're found. And um, so it looks like that's going to play into the story quite a bit as well and then they tease you know keanu reeves again as this character that you know they say something like just like everyone uh in whatever the city's name is uh he has his own agenda and they don't really expose much of what that is and so it seems like the story is going to be there as well Uh, and it seems like the story is going to be pretty placed pretty fluidly through the game um and that's i think you know kind of what they did with the witcher is it never mm-hmm. really takes you out of anything. Uh, the story feels like it, it's pieced through the freedom of what you're doing in the open world. But yeah, overall, super excited. Uh, don't give a shit about multiplayer. I'm, I'm ready for him to knock this out of the park with the, uh, the single-player narrative. So, As far as the multiplayer, that scares the shit out of me. Like I don't, right. I don't know how you would balance all of the aspects that they have into the tree building and the character customization into the multiplayer that seems like a nightmare to me so i'm not i don't really give a shit one way or the other yeah i would just i would be really surprised if all of the content not online just all the single player content didn't add up to 80 plus hours you know if not Mm -hmm. more than that so i don't think like i said i think they're going to keep the multiplayer as an afterthought like hey once we've put all our dlc out and finished what we would call the game the here is the game that you purchased then we're going to throw some multiplayer elements in. And if they do it that way, you know, even if they fuck the multiplayer off, I could care less as long as that solo solo stuff's good. I think in some ways it'll be kind of a, a safety net for them too, because one, they're providing a new feature that they've never done before, multiplayer. They've always made single-player games. So Absolutely. that's a nice little plus for them. But at the same time, as it stands right now, 
they're probably the number one contender for game of the year next year. And we all know that Red Dead kind of got fucked out of that based mm-hmm. almost entirely on its online mode because it seemed so unfinished when they released yeah. it. And that is kind of, it's good for them to probably have that buffer because they probably won't have that multiplayer in 2020. It probably won't have until 2021. And so end of the year, that won't even be a factor when people are evaluating what the game of the year is. Because so I could see it being like when uh, Mass Effect brought their little multiplayer spill out. Sure, yeah, which was fun, but it was like the very kind of contained experience. It wasn't like some yeah. crazy mm-hmm. rich multiplayer offering. It was essentially no, it was one mode, right? I think so. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Like I said, I'm excited about it, and uh, we'll see next year. And that's all I got to say about that. Indeed. Well, the next thing that we've got is a little bit shorter story. The Risk of Rain 2 gets a surprise release on PS4 and Xbox One. We knew it was coming out on the Switch, but we did not know that it was going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. So the first Risk of Rain was in 2013. It was 2D, and this one's going to be a 3D, but it seems like it's going to be the same basic game. You can do solo players or teams, and it's a loot and battle more and more challenging enemies through an alien environment. And I would encourage you to look up the console launch trailer. It looks pretty interesting, honestly, but I don't, I don't know. That's all. Honestly, that's all I've seen on it is the trailer for this one. I didn't play risk of rain one and it seems almost like a monster hunter type of environment, you know, but uh, yeah, seems like it'll be a good time. Well, I'll probably check that one out. That'd be worth playing a little bit. I'm, I'm honestly very intrigued by it just because it, it's, Gained a lot of attention on Steam because it's been out there for for some time, and for them to drop it without any type of ceremony was was kind of surprising, because this is a pretty small studio, and you would think they would need any kind of marketing push they could get from just even simple press releases with gaming news sites, uh, but they went surprise release with it. To me, it looks like a game that has probably kind of an uninspired early game, but from some of the videos and stuff I've watched, it looks like as you level up your character, you can get some really wacky build type stuff. And since so much of it is randomly generated, um, I, th- I think there's a lot of replay value and a lot of unexpected things that hit you that um, might might add a degree of variety. Um, it's one that'll, I don't know, the timing of the release I think is not great. Um, you're, you're coming out the yeah. same week as... Gears drops your Monster Hunter DLC, right? Monster Hunter DLC. You've got Borderlands next week. It's not a good time for a small studio to be entering the arena. They they really should have probably released it early August or something to get more attention. But um, best of luck. I'm, I'm curious about it. It looks fun. It looks good. the The trailer looked fun. Looked like a cool trailer. So yeah, check that out. That's that's really the end of that story. Speaking of upcoming games, uh, early October, we have Ghost Recon Breakpoint coming out. And Kotaku's editor had a really interesting article. And this was something we discussed, oh, probably back in April, um, whenever they announced Breakpoint, where it seemed like a lot of things they were adding to the Ghost Recon game seemed very similar to things The Division does. Raids and Endgame. Um kind of a similar PvP type mode. <laughs> after I, I got to play the beta a little bit today, and after playing it for a bit, they also have weapons with gear scores and stuff on them. So 
um, yeah. you'll have a leveling system like Division. So uh, the article is talking about how Division is only six months into its roadmap for year one, and now Ghost Recon's content roadmap is going to start overlapping. The game, both games are predominantly co-op shooters with a tactical vibe. Yeah, Division's more loot-based, but otherwise they're both large open worlds. They're both third-person games. They're both uh, reliant on having buddies to play with. So there's so many similarities that the small window between them, what players Division has may soon be leaving to play Ghost Recon, um, which I, I don't know. I, I think for me, I would probably have more interest in Ghost Recon. I wasn't a huge fan of Division 2. Um, Can't believe they're still adding to those games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, with Division 2, and I, I don't know if this is something Ubisoft has directed them to do, they're, they're usually, uh, the people at Massive are usually so good at doing their weekly video updates on like their state of the game and uh, what's coming up and right. things like that. And they have been on hiatus on that since August. Um, and so uh, I, I don't know if Ubisoft's been like, hey, shut up about your game. <laughs> We're focusing on this one, you know, yeah. or, uh, or if that's Probably. just something internal. Yeah. Because... You know, Division went through that, you know, the, with their first game when, you know, they didn't quite hit the mark and they had to kind of go underground and build stuff out for a while. Um, and ultimately, they put out a lot of great DLC and had some patches that made the game really solid. The issue was by the time they did all of that, they had lost most of their player base. And Division 2, I know that its player base is not particularly strong at the moment and they're kind of in the exact same boat. And so... I think it'd be really difficult to win back uh, players. Yeah. With Division Two is, is they didn't have me. They didn't have me playing the lead of the main character, and they couldn't handle the break point. <laughs> Thank you, John. John Bernthal. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> See, that's why Gears of Wars Five is going to be <laughs> really good too. Not because I'm in it, but because there's a lot of people in there that talk like me. So yeah. Big, yeah. I see big success coming for both of these games. And maybe <laughs> Ubisoft will get on like Gears of War train next year. Uh, um, I, I played, like I said, a little bit of the Ghost Recon Breakpoint beta today. Not not enough to give like a, a full opinion on it. Um, but the, the combat felt really good. I liked the prone camo stuff they showed off before where you could like put mud on yourself or kind of lay into tall grass and, and blend in with the environment. All of that was really seamless. Uh, there's a lot more fluidity to your movement and close quarters combat. All of that stuff felt a little more responsive, a little nicer. Um, the The world looked great. My my probably two major concerns with it are the field of view is really weird. Like if you start sprinting, it kind of does the Gears of War thing where it zooms in like oh, way too yeah. close on your ass. and you Zooms in and shakes anything. around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but shot. Yeah, a little butt shot, and <laughs> and your character's eating up like a third of the fucking screen when that happens, and it's just like God, I can't even tell what's happening anymore. Um, so I don't love that, and it's it's like a very weird dynamic camera. Like if you're moving slowly, it zooms out. If you're moving quickly, if you're sprinting, it zooms in, and so the camera is constantly like changing position without you really controlling that. I mean, you obviously control like the left and right, up down kind of stuff, but the zoom is not managed by you i don't love that that yeah, can go away yeah that's crap um, and then they have kind of like uh show favorite wolfenstein youngbloods they have sections of the map 
where people are of like a really high level and you really can't go into that area. And that was even in the first mission. You were by a group of enemies that were like a million levels higher than you. And it was like, oh, you just got to run here. And it was like, why Why is it, am I even dealing with this in the first mission? Like, why is this a thing? Right. I don't want to have to like constantly go, ah, oh, shit, I stumbled into a zone where I can't hang. I'm just going to die if I'm <laughs> over here. I hate that kind of shit. Like, if you're going to do yeah. that kind of stuff, just cordon off the map where I, I can't go there or something. That's mm. fine. Or pop up just, a warning. Hey, you're in such and such area. Yeah, but like, you know, in, on those type of games, you have to cut through different, you know, if you're trying to get take the shortest route from point A to point B or something, you might have to cut through an area like that. That's kind of the issue yeah, in Wolfenstein. True. It's like you run from mission to mission. It's like, oh, shit, now I'm in a zone where the enemies are 10 levels higher than me. This is bad. I'm going to die. And and I don't really like that approach to level scaling. Um, I would rather them just put them at your level the whole time. And I mean, you can just have tougher enemies, enemies with more armor or some shit. I don't want enemies that I just can't fucking kill. Um, right. <laughs> so I didn't like that. But but the gunplay feels good. Looks beautiful. The the world looked really great. Um, don't know enough about story stuff yet. I, like I said, I didn't play it long enough. Story looks good. I mean, it sounds good from what we covered several episodes. Yeah, it, it seems mean, more interesting than anything they've done in the past. Yeah, I agree. So, How many Johns would you give it? How many John Bernenthal's? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right now, if I had to do it, I'd, I'd give a, give it six Johns. Oh, God. That's, that's a lot of Johns. That's, qu- that's quite that's, a few Johns for such a yeah. that's, 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 that's a lot of <laughs> That's a lot of me's. I gotta ask, what's what's the conversion rate of uh, me's to uh, Tom Hardy's? Uh, I would say it's about three thousand John Bernenthal's for one Tom Hardy. You're, you're, I'm about to come through this computer. Fucker. I'll show you, I'll show you the break point. Come on. Oddly sexual. If only we had a sponsor, we could cut to. Oh, yeah. Man. Thanks, Audible. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Stephen King's latest book, The Milkman Always Rings Twice. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> before, before we get sued, Kyle, tell us about Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead on September 10th is releasing their specialist roles finally. The Bounty Hunter, The Trader, and The Collector. And it looks like if you have uh, your uh, Amazon Prime linked with the Twitch, they've been doing some special with that, you get the uh, the Bounty Hunter license for free starting off. So that would be handy. I guess they each require a license that you have to buy for like 15 gold bars or some stupid crap like that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uncle Sam getting his cut. Okay. Yeah. Classic rock star. And then you want me to hook my Twitter to my Facebook to my Snapgram and give me free shit? That's bullshit, dude. That's stupid. That's not not too bad. That takes like 15 minutes. But I don't know. It it may be fun. It's not going to get me back on the Red Dead. But uh, not going to make me play it. I can tell you that. Did they change the fucking controls? (laughs) (laughs) No. I don't know. 
it sounds like they've got new ranks and roll tokens and all this kind of progression. Yeah, it sounds like uh, most of them are like cosmetic and stuff as far as any type of reward. Yeah, exactly. And it, it just and, sounds like activities that you've already been doing, essentially. Like, it's not really yeah, offering a lot of like new still, content. Like, low payouts. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like uh, just like another level bar. Like, it's the same mm-hmm. shit you're going to do, but it's just <laughs> yeah. a new stat. Like, a new level stat for, you know, whatever. You may get some a few new perks, but they can't be astronomical. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's bizarre. I feel like they know what everybody wants. <laughs> exactly. Like nice. people want to rob trains mm-hmm. and shit <laughs> as, as a unit, and then ride back to their fucking base. Let me buy a house in uh, the town there or something, you know, or find a wild and wayward woman to bed. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I want. Shoot, let me own a brothel. Come on. Yeah, oh, hey, that'd be cool. Where's the brothel <laughs> DLC? Yeah, now or we're own, talking. Or own a gun <laughs> How many countries will that get banned in? I think we're on to something, boys. <laughs> Up the game. <laughs> but if you're interested, there's, their whole list is on Rockstar Newswire. They go through all the skills for each specialist. Uh, like you said, it's mainly just cosmetics or like on the bounty hunter, you get. Alternate flips and dual gun spinning and stuff like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, look out. <laughs> and then they're they're adding the battle pass type thing called Outlaw Pass as well. Oh, uh, they, I didn't see that. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so another tiered system that has like a, a free progression path and then a paid progression path as well. Uh, like Fortnite, <laughs> PUBG, Rocket League. All these other games are doing the same damn thing. And I, I think that comes out next week as well. Uh, okay, we'll see how the loot is, and then that might be all right. It's not. I, I figured. Uh, Brooks, you want to segue us here? Can you go from uh, the old west to the racist new? Speaking of Red Dead Redemption and being an outlaw in the old west, you just can't say what you feel anymore, can you? <laughs> because if there's one thing that'll take you down in today's day and age. It's a racial slur. And Hunter's going to tell us how that might get this popular streamer banned on Twitch. All of that tonight on What's in the Box. Angry Corner. Brooks, you're totally right. I'm going to start this by stating a list of racial slurs that will get us never sponsored, ever. That's not going <laughs> to actually happen. I'll oh, damn it. No, dude. Well, if it was just me, Shucks. then fuck me, wanted, right? But I, I just can't wanted to say shout out after every one of them. Yeah, I don't know. We've pushed some lines, friends, but I don't feel like stepping on this one at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it, if that's whatever, fine. here's the deal. So, Tifu, is that how you say this guy's name? Does anybody help me out here? I'm, I'm not particular. Mm, that's Turner, correct. Sorry. Sorry. Turner, yes. Tenny. I haven't yeah, seen the names. Um, and I watched the clip. He said the N word with a soft A. It was definitely a soft A. Uh, and it was, he was good, playing. Good dance around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the deal. This he sounds like something Jacob would do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a soft day. Eh? Uh, come on. Come on. Brother. I've got black friends. And on t- <laughs> I have secular friends on Facebook. I can yeah. Uh, so. I saw white men can't jump. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So he was playing on top of all of this. Like Minecraft. Okay. And he was said it in relation to the N word bubbling. Minecraft. Oh no. Yeah. 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 Cussing at pillagers. All right. And Twitch is like, <laughs> not on my watch. Have this, <laughs> and uh, thank you, Glitch, for saving everybody from hateful conduct of berating <laughs> pillagers on Minecraft, of all things. <laughs> Fucking nonsense, dude. So here's the deal. This is his third strike. It's not really clear yet whether they're going to actually suspend him from Twitch or what's going to happen. According to their, to their code of conduct, he should be suspended for a significant amount of time but we'll we'll see what they do he's one of their biggest streamers since ninja left to mixer but uh so this is third one his second one nobody really knows why he got suspended for a short period of time it was a 14 day suspension on a second one but his first one was a little bit more egregious it's harder to dance around he called the he was playing Fortnite and called another guy a coon that's good he said yeah he Christ. said, and I quote, where's this coon at? And danced around oh, it no. by saying, I was talking about him being sneaky, like being a snake, being a raccoon. Okay, nobody believes you, sir. So that mm-hmm. one was a little bit harder to get around. It didn't personally offend me, um, for the record, but you know, but this one seems a bit silly. You know, I don't know I don't know who the fuck went to Twitter and reported him for calling a pillager. A racial slur with a soft A, uh, but somebody did. And Second offense was probably a hard A. Well, I, guess I, have a, I have a question. Go ahead, please. If if I can pose it, these guys on Twitch, like, and and I'm not trying to take a stance on anything, but I'm saying like, if this was a stand up comedian or like, I mean, look at Kevin Hart's homophobic tweets. You know, that dude's like a stand up dude for the most part. He has, you know these lapses a long time ago and he's, you know, has to make all these public apologies and all this stuff and, you know, takes a hit to, her, to his career. Like how is Twitch able to not ban these people when they do stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I think it's fucking it, crazy when they do it to, it is, it is, time, it is, you know, it, I just, I think people are going crazy, but like the deal. Yeah. I don't know. I won't get into that. It is. But, I agree with you. I'm just curious how, like, is it because Twitch just, these people aren't as big as you know, some of your A-list celebrities, I can, I guess, I just seems well, strange I mean, to me. I mean, they will like just. I mean, Kevin Hart's selling out stadiums like no comedian's ever done. I mean, as far as comedians go, if you're just talking numbers, he's pulling. He's the biggest comedian that's ever done it, and they were able to hit him on a joke that made fun, like talking about his kid being gay from over a decade ago. You yeah. know, so I mean, and I guess like, do you think it would have more? In, like, do you think if Ninja said something like this, would he get banned versus you know this guy who's? I mean, is this guy even a relatively large streamer? Yeah, he uh, is. Yeah, pretty big. yeah, he's pretty big. But I mean, here's the deal: you once you've put it in your code of conduct that you can't use. Uh, let me see. I had it right here. I mean, it's it's the same code of conduct everybody's got now, basically. No uh, hateful conduct that promotes, encourages, or facilitates discrimination, denigration, objectification, harassment, or violence based on race or ethnicity and other characteristics. Then, well, fuck me, dude. You can't say anything. Like, you can get reported for all kind of shit. You know? I mean, it's kind of like Xbox's code of conduct is there's no profanity. So, like, if you're in a message (laughs) and you make the egregious error of swearing in a message and you get reported for it. That's a breach of code of conduct and you can get banned for it. You don't need to ask me how I know that 
but it's the case, you know? So, I mean, it's one of those deals. Once it's in the code of conduct <laughs> to appease lawyers, um, among other things, well, fuck, now you've got to do something about it now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have to enforce it or you don't enforce any of it or you have to enforce every bit of it. And when it's a little bit wibbly wobbly, you can do a bunch of shit. I mean, this isn't exactly uh, a gray area. <laughs> it's not exactly black and white. If you'll forgive the term, the phrase rather. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I've, I'm, a, I'm a guy that thinks context matters and it doesn't seem like that's ever taken into account, whether it could or couldn't be is a different argument, but I just am making the observation that I'm sure nobody at Twitch thought, well, shit, he said it to a Minecraft pillager and backed off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It just seems, seems silly to me, but once your code of conduct's that way, if you're going to enforce it, then you gotta, you gotta do it that way. So I see what you're saying too, Brooks, you know? Yeah. I really wanted situation. to ask you, though, on the Xbox Code of Conduct thing. How did you know that? Uh, well, I've caught a few bands in my day, good sir. <laughs> but in my defense, I wasn't exactly swearing at a guy so much as calling him an antelope anus, among other... Uh, huh. Uh, okay. Carefully, get PETA involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give him a minute. <laughs> somebody, will, somebody will tweet about it. Ooh, maybe That's hurtful to the animals. You think Peter could be our sponsor? Oh no! Oh yeah, that's what we need, no. dude. We get a call every week from Jane Peta, great granddaughter mm-hmm. of Arthur Peta, and she would be like, "Hey, notice how do you, you guys. like our bread? It's pretty good, right? You don't think it is because it's all flat, but actually, it's pretty tasty." <laughs> <laughs> Guys are yeah. being very Christian, like you said. Anyways, I though, I think it just we we give off the the illusion that we we're all wearing fur coats while doing this podcast, and I well, just yeah. have a hard time thinking. Beat I am going by the crusted dollar sign sunglasses on right now. Yes. <laughs> you guys aren't wearing the fur coats. I definitely am wearing a fur coat. I you know it's oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I just try to act like I'm not wearing one, but. Yeah, mine. Yeah, makes I guess like we're riff we're riff true riff. to ourselves. Yeah, you look like Riff Raff for sure. Indeed, we've hit the mark. Anyways, speaking of Riff Raff, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sure. Gearbox, Kyle. They showed off some uh, in-game play for Borderlands Three, and it looks like there's some Riff Raff to get into. In a couple weeks. Uh, I thought you said we were skipping this one. No. This is yours about no, the end Kyle. game content. Well, that's uh, why I asked earlier. You said we talked about it last week there. Oh, uh, uh, he was talking about it. Was, yeah, something I left in. Yeah. Uh, well, it was the, it was the Borderlands it. Fortnite crossover that, we, that we've talked about. Uh, I closed out my deal after that. So, What's in the box? It's brought to you by <laughs> Adderall. <laughs> I could does use your, some of that. Does your, endeavor, does your endeavor lack focus? Does it seem to be scattered <laughs> everywhere? We'll try an Adderall. Man, I'm we'll right back on track. Dream concrete pour the other day, and I've got one tomorrow. Give me some slack. Nice. You'll play Xbox right. 3. <laughs> so, yes, Borderlands 3 <laughs> recently revealed <laughs> some after release uh, content. Looks like for the fall of 2019, we've got the Bloody Harvest event, which has a free content update, spooky activities, 
and unique event rewards. Ooh. Sounds like it'll be around Halloween. Then there is the Malawan Takedown. It also has some free content upgrades, an all-new map, challenging new enemies, a new boss, and powerful rewards. And then last but not least, some DLC. Included with the Season Pass, of course. And it says details to be announced. And it says new campaign add-on, which is kind of redundant if you ask me, but they needed to fill in some space there, I guess. Yeah, seems like a good middle ground between game of service and then just like having some engaging content to keep your players interested. Yeah. Like not, not overwhelm them, but keep them satiated. It's good. Yeah, which brings us to our feature for this episode, which is the Blair Witch Review. Uh, I spent several hours with the game over the last couple of days, and I gotta say, it's pretty spoopy. Right? Oh, oh man. I would, I would honestly put it up there as one of the best horror games I've ever played. It's very good. As far as like your actions and stuff in them, maybe not the most inspired as far as like it's, it's largely a walking simulator and you have yeah. a dog that helps you find clues and stuff. Uh, the initial story is you're going to help with the search of a missing boy who's walked into the same um, Black Hills forest that uh, the, mo- the original movie is set in. And you go to try to find him. And as the story goes on, it's revealed that you suffer. At first, you think you just suffer from depression and anxiety. And it's caused a strain in your romantic relationship. And you're on the rocks with your your girlfriend. But as you keep playing through the story, it becomes abundantly clear that you had served in Iraq and are suffering from PTSD. And so while you're in this forest... At times, war scenes will blend with this spooky forest, and like bombs will be dropping in this forest, and there'll be little pieces of like Middle Eastern type architecture and stuff here and there, just kind of scattered throughout what looks like a New England forest. Um, and so they start blending, like your your reality starts getting really bent as the game goes on. It was honestly a lot heavier and a very Obviously, I don't have PTSD. Uh, depression is my mental health debilitation of choice. Um, so I can't really speak to like the accuracy Classic. of PTSD. But like it, of all the games I've played, it seemed very like very much in good taste and at the same time quite anxiety-inducing in its own right. Like I would say, if you're not in a great headspace, maybe uh, wait on this one because there are some sections in it that are. Uh, Ah, pretty unpleasant. Pretty freaky so deaky. Don't take any Wario shaped ecstasy, or I would not recommend that. No, not the yeah. not that Wario. Dang, shit. what am I gonna no. do with it all? Yeah. Uh, well, Kyle, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> Talk to me after this. Bricks, what did you? Get some you bitcoins? <laughs> what did you think of the the opening of the game? Uh, I I thought it was very slow. Um, yes. And that's about as much as I got sure. was about 50 minutes. So um, I, I thought it, you know, I got into a point where it definitely set that tone. I think I got into the first encounter um, where you pick up that tape and play it. And the guy's talking about how, you know, uh, 
they're 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 out there. I can see them, but oh sure, I yeah. I got this light and it'll keep them away. Blah blah. blah. And then you go into this like fight where this thing's flashing around you and your dog will kind of point it out and you got to kind of be quick and turn in the direction that your dog's barking and hit it with your flashlight and it makes yes. it kind of like sizzle and pop off and it'll go to another area and um, that's about where I stopped so I got a, enough of it to know that it, it felt like it was about to pick up and I know you said you know that it picked up significantly yeah. um, but what I played of it was was I thought it was awesome I mean it, I would compare it a lot to Resident Evil 7. Yeah, I agree. Just in, in gameplay, in the sense of, you know, everything is, is condensed down, but still feels very expansive. And yeah. you're, you're led into this anxiety-inducing uh, gameplay where, you know, you just, it's, it's just spoopy. It's straight-up spoopy. And it's... Spoopy. They, they did it well. Huh. I thought in, in the little bit that I played, um, I thought they did it well. I thought the mechanic of the tape recorder was really neat. Yes. And I am curious if they develop much more on the story. There's a part where the sheriff radios you and he's like, we're at the white tree with the black yeah. vines growing on it. And you're like, Oh, I was just there. I'll come meet you there. And you go back and they're not there. And you're on the radio and they're like, we're standing right here. What are you talking about? Like, you know, did you do they develop any more on that? Like, they do you know, ruin it. No. But... Uh, yeah, I won't ruin it, but like, uh, time gets bent the hell out of shape. One really cool part is like you're walking through this area, you're trying to kind of find a, a certain clue to find the boy that's gone missing, and you see this rusted out truck, and you keep walking. And one thing the game does really well is it manipulates the paths you're taking and it forces you into a circle or forces you back into a spot you just went to fuck with you. And, and oh, that's a great puzzle. And, yeah. And like at first that really pissed me off. And then I realized that that mechanic is not really in there. I mean, it's in there to disarm you a bit, but it's also in there to force you into the area you need to be in, which I think is actually like kind of a nice net for a game mm -hmm. that you has multiple forking paths and you're just walking around. Um, I, I thought that was kind of a nice programming move to, to keep you close to the area where your next step is. So you see this rusted out truck and uh, you go, you're talking to the sheriff, you're trying, he's like, Oh, I, I don't see you. I'm at that tree. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you start walking you have kind of this little hallucination effect and stuff and you keep going down that same path and you see the truck and now it's the sheriff's truck and it's brand new and you radio him and you're like, Hey, are you around here? Your truck's right here and you can't pick him up on the channel. And there's like a note on the window to switch to a different channel on your radio. And then this new voice talks to you, tells you to turn on the lights in the truck. And one, one thing that's really neat is there's a lot of different mechanical functions um, in the game and they turned into like kind of cool puzzles where you have to find certain parts and uh, manipulate them and stuff like that. And and so you you have to like mess with the fuse box in this part to get the lights on the truck to come on. And whenever the lights come on in the truck, it just turns it to daytime and instead of just like the lights coming on the truck. And you're like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> and, and like there's <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of just weird – and it's all really Ooh. seamless and done in a way that's pretty cool. And I loved how they just kind of like slowly hinted at the PTSD thing because 
I don't think you even catch a whiff of that until you're probably an hour and a half, two hours into the game. Like you get the idea that he's not well and he's had something happen in the past, but then you start finding dog tags as you're going around and your character's really troubled by it. And like at one point, like a soldier tells him to keep moving and you're like, why is that? Why is there a soldier's voice? You just see like the little subtitle and you're being chased by those like demons or whatever you have to hit with the light. And it just keeps escalating until, uh, and, and one of the final cutscenes actually plays off of, that's when you find out what you did in Iraq that has given you PTSD and you're carrying all this guilt for uh, kind of the consequences of, of that action and stuff. And um, it was a very heavy game for like what I thought would just be like a jump scare game. It was yeah, like that's wildly the whole- heavy. Dude, the whole first hour that that I or the fifty minutes that I did, I was like every second, I was like, "Oh, here it comes, here comes the first jump scare." <laughs> yeah, and it's not there, and it's just <laughs> never there. Yeah, there's just yeah. not a lot of. I mean, there's some spooky parts, but it even does a good job, I think, ramping it up to yes. like a part that's about to get intense. Like you know, it might be your vision starts getting blurry and you start breathing heavy because you're having an like an attack, or yeah. um, you know that musical. We'll start picking up a little bit. I don't know. It's just it's. Is it just single player? Yeah, it's just single player. It's it's excellent. I mean, honestly, it's just one of the better games I've played this year. I I was very impressed by it. It Could be like a cool co-op game or something. Yeah, yeah, could. I'm glad you know. At first, I was like, I don't know, but I haven't just like this dog sidekick the whole time. But that dog kind of one operates as like some semblance of reassurance and it's also like acts as a tether to the world because when Mm, things get really weird it's kind of like when you're you're approaching your dog it's like almost like a therapy dog essentially right like this thing is kind of helps bring you out of this bad state that your your mind's in um that's clear yeah it was it was very well done um, graphically, it, it looks pretty good. There's like some of the movement with the, with a dog in particular and kind of how his, his body kind of hits uh, the different terrain can look kind of choppy and weird at times. And some of the character models just look a little odd. But overall, I mean, I, I think just how they nail the atmosphere and the surrealism of the game, it makes all of that stuff kind of unimportant. Because um, all of that stuff's way more impressive. Yeah, you, you can definitely... Over- overlook that stuff or look yeah. over that stuff for sure yeah anyway great game um yeah i'm excited to play play more of it now honestly. good halloween game yeah for sure yeah because i just like i kind of want to know what the fuck's going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> how how long is it did they say it is i i would wager it, you could have a pretty large gap in how long it would take you I finished it in probably six hours. I would think you could probably do it in like five to ten. Because some of the puzzles are kind of wacky, and it's pretty easy to get lost and confused. And like, what should I do here? Because the mm-hmm. early hours of the game, there were several points where I'm like, I don't know what, what's happening. And I almost just quit. I was like, this is stupid. Um, but when it finally clicks, and then you kind of take that knowledge of how you figured out that puzzle, and it helps you in the next puzzle. Like, they're smart in how they build on it. Um and so you don't get snagged as much in the later game. You've, you've kind of picked up the the arsenal you need for that as you've gone forward. Um, but I, I would say five to ten hours probably. So not not a super long time. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Okay. So you, that's, it? 
Damn. So you beat it? Yes. And there are apparently <laughs> four endings. Okay. The ending I had, I felt was super sad and shitty. And I looked okay. up the alternate endings and spoilers. They're pretty much all super sad. Oh, but they don't, yeah, they don't break from, yeah, what they established, which is kudos to them. But if you're expecting to have some triumphant ending on this game, it will be denied, I'm afraid. I think I think the ending was a little abrupt, but the build to it was pretty damn good. Like it, it's just kind of that final note. Like you have like kind of this final confrontation. That's how most are, Josh. Yeah, I know, but how oh, don't I know? <laughs> Anywho, speaking of abrupt endings, let's end the show because I've rattled on about this game for a long time. Um, Brooks, why don't we end this episode as we end every episode by telling our good listeners what's in the box? Well, in the box this evening, Josh, we've got a one-of-a-kind pre-order code. That's right, it's for our deluxe edition early access to the What's in the Box Season Pass. Oh, it's not only going nice. to come with the early access deluxe edition, you're also going to get three keys. And with these keys, you'll be able to open crates, which will then give you larger keys and access to open vaults, <laughs> in which you'll get awesome cosmetic content from us at here at What's in the Box. Tell them how much it'll cost, Brooks. Yep. It's going to cost <laughs> your soul. And I'm telling you that that's that's the truth. Because once you reach the break point and you and you pre-order what's in the box season pass, you got to pay with your soul and blood. Well, it's still cheaper than beating Battlefront Two on EA. Thank there you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. John Berenthal, our spokesperson for what's in the box. We landed him. It's totally legit. Um, Search on them. I don't have a soul anymore. Again, thanks to our sponsors, Peta and Adderall. Right. <laughs> Get Audible uh, yeah, and Audible. Uh, God damn, I forgot yeah. Audible. And Don't <laughs> forget to pick up Stephen King's new book. My plumber is <laughs> gonna murder you. <laughs> 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 <laughs>